Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the rebellion in Russia and now the Kremlin in crisis as we're hearing from Vladimir Putin and the leader of the revolt for the first time since the armed mutiny. What it means for the war in Ukraine. Here are tonight's headlines. Putin meets with his top security officials tonight. What the unprecedented challenge to the Russian president's authority means for the dictator. We're all concerned by any potential for instability in Russia. Deadly storms and tornadoes hit the South and Midwest as 57 million Americans brace for more dangerous weather. Large hail, wind damage with power outages and the flood threat. The excessive heat watches and warnings have expanded. Three San Antonio police officers have been charged with murder. For the way they handled a call involving 46-year-old Melissa Perez. The shooting officers' actions were not consistent with SAPD's policy and training. Somebody came down and said, we lost comp. For the first time, we are hearing from a family member who lost both her son and her husband on the Titan submersible. Both of them, though, really, really wanted to do that for a very long time. The drug makers behind Ozempic are now racing to develop a daily pill for people who want to lose weight. And how one TikTok creator helped a community. In Peoria, Illinois, many LGBTQ and people of color statistically less likely to own homes because of discrimination and wealth gaps are moving here. When you really believe you can make a difference, that's life-changing. You feel purpose. Good evening and thank you for joining us as we start a new week together. We want to begin tonight with the aftermath of the short-lived rebellion that pushed Russia to the brink of civil war 
and also bringing new questions. Is Vladimir Putin's iron grip on power in peril? The Kremlin is trying to project a sense of calm, but the extent of the damage to the dictators standing among the Russian people is still unknown. Tonight, we're hearing for the first time from the mercenary leader since he led the uprising. He claims the mutiny was never an attempt to overthrow the government in Moscow. In a meeting with Russian security officials tonight, Putin thanked them for their support, including the defense minister, who the Wagner group wanted to be removed. President Biden today breaking his silence, saying the West played no role in the mutiny. NATO allies and the world are closely monitoring the situation. We have team coverage starting with CBS's Ian Lee, who is inside Ukraine. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Nora. The man behind Russia's rebellion is offering his own reason for backing down, saying tonight that he wanted to avoid major bloodshed. Yevgeny Prigozhin broke his silence today, releasing an audio message for the first time since agreeing to exile after his failed insurrection. The Wagner leader denied trying to overthrow Russian President Vladimir Putin and said his fight was with the country's military leaders. But hours later, the Russian president responded, calling Wagner's actions a rebellion and vowing to bring its organizers to justice. U.S. officials tell CBS News they believe Pergosian was still in Russia as of this morning, but his current whereabouts are unknown. The revolt began Friday evening when Pergosian blamed a Russian airstrike for killing a large number of his fighters. In retaliation, the mercenary boss marched his troops into Russia and seized the city of Rostov, home to Russia's southern military command. Prigozhin then directed them toward Moscow to deal, he said, with Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu and his top general. Social media captured the death and destruction along the way. President Vladimir Putin began to lock down the capital as soldiers took up defensive positions. Heavy equipment ripped up the roads leading to the city. On state TV, President Putin attacked Prigozhin as a traitor. But with Wagner troops less than 150 miles from Moscow, the Kremlin seemed to have cut a deal. Wagner troops would be pardoned and returned to their bases. Criminal charges against Prigozhin would be dropped and he'd go into exile in Belarus. That agreement tonight now looks in doubt. By the end of the day Saturday, Wagner forces and Prigozhin left Rostov to a hero's goodbye, ending the mutiny. This afternoon, President Biden distanced the United States from the insurrection. We made clear that we were not involved. We had nothing to do with it. This was part of a struggle within the Russian system. Ukraine eagerly exploited that struggle by stepping up offensive operations, making gains in the east around the town of Bakhmut and taking another village in the south. Tonight, President Putin took aim at the West, telling his people that Russia's enemies wanted them to choke on a bloody civil strife. And he offered Wagner soldiers an option, join the Russian army or choose exile in Belarus. Nora. Ian Lee, with those new developments in Ukraine, thank you. And while the mutiny came to an abrupt end after 36 hours, the ramifications are far from over. CBS's Remy Innocencio has more on what this means for the future of President Vladimir Putin and the Russian government. Invincibility, stability, control. The veneer Vladimir Putin has built in more than two decades in power. Shaigu! <laughs> 
Until now. An angry Yevgeny Prigozhin, founder of the Wagner mercenary group, launching an unprecedented military challenge to Putin. Is there blood in the water? It's a wishful thinking of Western observers. Sergei Markov is a former advisor to Vladimir Putin in Moscow. I um, uh, suppose that he uh, has some kind of uh, uh, existential crisis uh, mm. because those stabilities look like doesn't exist. Now, a mix of reaction from Moscow's streets. Everyone's confused. We need someone to explain what's going on. I knew our government would sort everything out. It's normal. We live in Russia. We're used to being stressed. The U.S. trying to stay out of the fray. Regime change is not our policy. We've been very, very clear about that. Yet China, mere months after Putin and President Xi Jinping met in Moscow, weighing in. China's state-run The Global Times saying Russia's situation was trending in the direction the West and Ukraine would prefer. Putin's invasion of Ukraine hasn't gone to plan from the start. Russia's losses, more than 200,000 killed or wounded. Could this be the beginning of the end for Putin? Hmm. For sure not. And that former advisor to Putin claims that Russian support is actually even increasing. He says his truce with Prigozhin is more a sign of wisdom and not weakness, potentially setting himself up for next year's presidential election. Nora. Everyone watching closely, Ramian Asensio, thank you so much. Back here at home, severe weather is taking aim at the northeast and causing havoc for travelers at major airports. More than 6,000 flights have been delayed and more than 1,700 canceled across the country today. Now, this same system produced deadly tornadoes and thunderstorms in America's heartland on Sunday. Reporter Max Lewis from our CBS affiliate, WTTV, has seen some of the devastation up close outside Indianapolis. Residents are now surveying the devastation after a tornado ravaged their neighborhood south of Indianapolis. Families watched in horror as the twister tore apart houses and hurled debris while it carved an unforgiving three-mile path through Johnson County on Sunday. At least 75 homes were badly damaged. You could hear the house coming apart. It was a nightmare. John Keith says he saw his walls and windows crumble around him. It was overwhelming to see your house uh, and, and see the outside and know that you were just sitting there and you could have been dead. There it is right there. Oh, my gosh. Three tornadoes were confirmed in Indiana, including one that killed a man trapped inside his rural home. Multiple tornadoes also wreaked havoc across Minnesota. In Arkansas, lightning struck a plane at Little Rock Airport and strong winds knocked down trees. One of those fallen trees killed a mother and son. Severe weather has also left hundreds of thousands without power in Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Georgia. And as the storm cleanup continues, several states in the south are prepping for dangerously high temperatures. Please do what you can to conserve energy. Conservation helps the grid. In Texas, a 14-year-old hiker died after temperatures reached 119 degrees. His stepfather also died in a car accident as he was going for help. This is Center Grove, a community about 15 miles south of Indianapolis, where that cleanup effort continues tonight. As you can see, tornadoes tore through homes, ripped off roofs, and took down trees and power lines. Right now, thousands remain in the dark, but everybody out here telling me they are really just thankful to be alive. Nora? No doubt. Max Lewis, thank you very much. Well, for more on tonight's storms and the record heat expected later in the week, let's turn to meteorologist Jackie Jarris from our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Jackie. 
Good evening, Nora. A severe storm still breaking out from the Carolinas all the way up into parts of Vermont. Damaging winds and large hail can be expected as these storms track from the west towards the east. It's all part of the same storm system that produced the tornadoes in Indiana over the weekend. These will continue into the nighttime hours tonight. A break in the action in the morning on your Tuesday. And then storms will fire up again, especially east of Interstate 95. The air behind that cold front will be cool with this upper low, but the heat persists with this heat dome into the southern plain states, and that heat dome will expand over the next couple of days with more millions of Americans getting in on triple digits. Nora? Jackie Jarris, thank you. We learned today that prosecutors will seek the death penalty against Brian Koberger, the suspect in the murders last year of four University of Idaho students. Prosecutors say the killings were especially heinous, and Koberger exhibited, quote, utter disregard for human life. Defense attorneys claim there is no connection between Koberger and the victims, and that DNA from three other males was found at the scene. Koberger, a 28-year-old former Ph.D. student, is expected to appear in court tomorrow. Tonight, three San Antonio police officers are out on bond after being charged with murder for the fatal shooting of a woman inside her own home on Friday. She appeared to be suffering a mental health crisis. CBS's Omar Villafranca reports why the police chief called the use of deadly force, quote, not reasonable. Three San Antonio police officers fired a barrage of bullets at 46-year-old Melissa Perez in her own home early Friday morning. The three, including a 14-year veteran of the force, have been suspended without pay. A body camera video edited by the police shows an officer approaching Perez after she was suspected of cutting wires to an apartment fire alarm system. Hey, lady, get over here. Perez ran into her first floor apartment and refused to come out. The officer went to her back patio and removed the window screen. That's when police say she threw a glass candle hitting his arm. You're going to get shot! Shoot me! Police say they communicated with Perez through the window for more than 30 minutes. Additional officers arrived and hopped onto her patio. Investigators say she then shattered the glass with a hammer. That's when the first shots were fired. Police claim Perez still came towards the door again with the hammer. Two more officers began shooting. Perez was hit at least twice and pronounced dead at the scene. I had to plan my mom's funeral. Alexis Tovar says her mother had a history of mental health problems. What do you think police officers should have done? They should have said, hey, hey, don't be scared. We're here to help you. Police Chief William McManus says the shooting was not consistent with the department's training. They used deadly force, which was not reasonable given all the circumstances as we now understand them. Perez's daughter said her mother did have schizophrenia and that she did have several run-ins with police in the past but was trying to get better. The family says they plan to file a civil suit against the police department and the city very soon. Nora? I'm Marvia Franca in San Antonio. Thanks. The shooter who killed five people and wounded 17 others at a Colorado Springs LGBTQ nightclub last November pleaded guilty today in the mass shooting. 23-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich was then sentenced to life in prison. The guilty plea spares victims, families, and survivors a painful trial. Aldrich may also face federal hate crime charges for the attack at Club Q. 
Tonight, as the investigation continues into that underwater disaster near the wreckage of the Titanic, we're hearing from the wife and mother of two of the men who were killed when their submersible imploded. Here are CBS's Roxana Saberi. The sentence, we lost calm. I think that would be a sentence I would never want to hear in my life again. When the submersible Titan lost contact on its way to the Titanic, Christine Daoud was waiting on the surface for her husband Shazada and son Suleiman to return. I think I lost hope when we passed the 96 hours mark. In an interview with our partners at the BBC, she said she'd given 19-year-old Suleiman a Rubik's Cube whiz her spot on the vessel. He wanted to solve the Rubik's Cube at the deepest point at the Titanic. He was so excited about this. The Coast Guard is now leading an investigation to piece together how the Titan imploded, killing all five passengers. The Dawoods from a prominent Pakistani British family, British billionaire Hamish Harding, French explorer Paul-Henri Narjolet, and Stockton Rush, Ocean Gate's American CEO who piloted the Titan. It's an opportunity to uh, learn from the incident and then work with our international partners worldwide to prevent a similar occurrence. The investigation is multinational, involving Canada as well as the UK and France. Now questions are being raised about who should pay for the massive search and recovery. The Coast Guard doesn't charge for search and rescue, nor do we associate a cost with human life. We always answer the call. The Coast Guard has not given a timeline yet for the investigation. It did say, though, that it could recommend that authorities pursue civil or criminal charges as necessary. Nora? Roxana Saberi, thanks. Those popular diabetes and weight loss shots could soon be available as a pill. That's next. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
In tonight's Health Watch, there's word that those wildly popular drugs, Ozempic and Wagovi, may soon be available as a pill. Currently, those diabetes shots are being used for weight loss. Drug maker Novo Nordisk says new research shows high-dose oral versions of the medication may work as well as the injections. The company says it plans to seek approval for the pill in the U.S. later this year. There's new information on that train derailment into the Yellowstone River. That's next. Officials in Montana are monitoring the air and water in the area where a freight train derailed and plunged into the Yellowstone River on Saturday after a bridge collapsed. Nine cars that were carrying hot asphalt and molten sulfur went into the river. Officials say so far there's no threat to the public. A crane has been brought in to remove the cars while a dive team assesses the damage underwater. Members of the LGBTQ plus community have found a way to call home in one Midwestern city. We'll show you why next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Finally tonight, the dream of owning your own home seems out of reach for millions of Americans, including those in the LGBTQ plus community. In this Pride Month, CBS's Lilia Luciano shows us how the dream is becoming a reality in Peoria, Illinois. At 30 years old, Alex Martin owns a home, something she never thought was possible. I get a little bit emotional because I'm like, this is stable. Why is that important? I'm black, I'm trans. And I'm visibly so. And so having a space that, like, I made that I can just come in and recharge, I'm ready to face the world again. In Peoria, Illinois. And she's not alone. Many LGBTQ and people of color statistically less likely to own homes because of discrimination and wealth gaps are moving here. At first, they came from places like New York and Seattle, where home prices are sky high. Now many are coming from some of the 21 states that have recently passed anti-LGBTQ legislation. They can come and get a $200,000 house here. Last year, realtor Mike Van Cleve sold almost 80 homes, nearly a third of them to out-of-staters chasing a dream that started on TikTok. I'm not a realtor, but I live in super affordable Peoria, Illinois, and I think you should live here too. Not a realtor, Angie Ostrashevsky says she has single-handedly grown Peoria's population by about 360 in three years. When I first started making TikToks about Peoria, it was about improve your quality of life. But in the last six months, 
people are relocating here more for survival. And that's such a different conversation. Do you hope to have that kind of contagion effect? I love the idea of shaking up that big cities are the only places that LGBTQ plus people can thrive. Pride in home ownership and building a more inclusive community. Lilia Luciano, CBS News, Peoria, Illinois. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. We want to hear from you. Please take our 10-minute survey and tell us what you think about this CBS News podcast. Visit cbsnews.com slash podcast dash survey, all lowercase, to take the survey. Again, that's cbsnews.com slash podcast dash survey. We appreciate your feedback and love your support. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>